today on Unleashedcast, I talked to Director of International HR at Dropbox, Laura Ryan. We talked to her about a year ago, courtesy of my colleague Ali, about their programme Virtual First, which was how they were adapting to the pandemic and changing their working practices. So it was nice to catch up with her after 12 months to find out how it was going and what are their plans for the future. Here's my conversation with Laura Ryan. Delighted to welcome to Unleashcast today, uh, Laura Ryan from Dropbox. Um, Laura, thank you so much for your time. We are going to be talking about the your virtual first strategy. Uh, I think yeah. a lot of a lot of companies have embedded this, but how how did Dropbox do it? Yeah, thanks so much, John, and thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. About six months into the pandemic, uh, we announced our new working model um, called Virtual First. Um, at, at the time, I guess we were only six months in, but we did feel that we were in a unique position to really see where the future of work was headed. And we wanted to position ourselves as an early adopter in what we believed at that time was a permanent shift to remote work. So really, what does virtual first mean? It, it basically is, um, it means that remote work is the primary experience um, for all of our employees. However, we did recognize that there will always be times where it will make sense to get people together in person. And so we've really continued to invest in opportunities to gather our employees by offering physical spaces called Dropbox Studios. Very different to a traditional office. Uh, They are collaborative spaces designed for teamwork instead of individual workspaces that you go to every day. We were very deliberate, John, and intentional in not doing hybrid, as you mentioned. Um, Hybrid, um, we felt, uh, wasn't a model that we wanted to implement in Dropbox at the time. Our aim was really to create a truly equitable experience and a a level playing field for all employees, regardless of location and work preference. So I think for, for us now, you know, two years on from the pandemic, we're really emerging with a very clear playbook Um, on what that strategy is and how we want to reinvent the way work gets done at Dropbox. So we've introduced new practices, things such as core collaboration hours, which are essentially a set of a window, I guess, of time reserved for real-time in-person collaboration over Zoom and then allowing for larger periods for what we're calling async work. And then other concepts such as non-linear working days. Um, And so far, our employees have responded really, really well. I think you know, just to kind of finish off on the virtual first model, I, I think it really leverages the greatest parts of both remote work um, and then the and the in-person experiences with a real emphasis on stability and work-life harmony. Um, but again, preserving those in-person connections, which I think we all felt that we missed out on during a time of great restriction in the pandemic. So April, actually, this April marked um, one year of us living this new strategy. So we implemented it six months uh, into the pandemic. Uh, we haven't really been able to get into studios uh, because, you know, we've been going through various different versions of restrictions. And so now that we have opened them, we're actually fully living our new strategy. And yeah, we're, we're one full year down the road. So it's been an exciting year full of learning and change. Obviously, this is kind of, you know, you, you take things as they come. But do you, do you foresee this? Could you foresee this as being this forever? Are you going to review it? It seems like it's working very well. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we, we entered into it. One of our core principles when we designed it was to enter into it with a learning and growth mindset. We, we knew that, you know, we couldn't predict the future. There was no crystal ball. It was a pretty bold move to, to make such a move so early into it. 
Um, so, so I, I, I think it's anything forever, like, you know, who knows, I think we'll continue to evolve um, the model as we go and as we learn. Um, but as we stand today, internal sentiment is really good, right? Like we're constantly hearing from our employees that they love the model because they don't have to choose between remote work or meaningful in-person um, connections. And now that our COVID restrictions have lifted, um, we've seen more and more teams come together to further build connection. I think um, the, the learnings have been interesting and in I, I don't know if you want me to go into them now, John, or yeah, <laughs> stay going. Um, so I think like, you know, when we think about the, the model and we, as I said, we've always kind of known that we would have to learn as we go and we wouldn't get it right from day one. Most of our learning has actually come from feedback from our employees. So establishing the meaningful feedback loops with our employees has been a key, has been key and fundamental to this model. So we we asked them to come on this kind of journey with us and, and to, to embrace the learning mindset and, and they have. And so what we have found to this point is that it is harder uh, to build relationships outside of your meaningful team. So meaningful connection is is more difficult in a in a virtual world than in a traditional in-person working strategy. Our employees have told us that the shift to virtual first, that connections with their immediate team members have remained strong, but broader company relationships beyond the day-to-day -day work have been harder to cultivate, which would naturally make sense. Um, I think like without the ability to bump into co-workers in the hall or overhear a casual conversation, there's just been less uh, chance for employees to get to know people outside of their daily orbit. And these type of connections are, are key, really, when you think about building an overall uh, company culture and creating a true sense of belonging. Um, so we've had to evolve and change our approach and think about how we can create those. So again, we didn't have all of this figured out at the beginning of this journey. We think the studios now that they're fully open and people are really embracing them, that will definitely alleviate some of that. And it does you know, naturally create more opportunity for people to bump into each other. But we also believe that our virtual community building efforts um, are just as important as those as the studios. So things like how are we thinking about creating more meaningful connection and strengthening connections remotely? Uh, we're doing things like we recently launched Dropbox Neighbourhoods. Um, so these are um, neighbourhoods of people in similar loca locations that are run by local, what we're calling community managers. Um, and it's really about grouping people together that are in close location on Slack or, you know, various different uh, channels to arrange everything like from events, volunteer days, informal meetups, you know, people slacking to say, I can see on, on our neighbourhood today, uh, people were just chiming in to say, hey, I'm going to be in the studio or I'm going to such and such a coffee shop. Is there anyone around? And you can see people jumping in. So. We're really trying to rethink um, about what that collaboration, what that in-person experience can look like. And so that's evolved. That wasn't there kind of, you know, two years ago. So we're constantly looking to find new ways of improving the experience from our employees by listening to our employees. You've sort of answered, partially answered my second question there, actually, which was, we know that we can be productive remotely everyone or lots and lots and lots of organizations across the world have done it but the piece that's been missing has been the culture bit you know it's something that a lot of businesses have been struggling so how have yeah. you gone about this how have you kind of developed like you said building meaningful relationships outside of your team which is one of the kind of cornerstones of 
of your good culture. Um, what have you done there and what advice have you got really? Yeah, I mean, I think for for us, when it, I mean, culture is the big one, right? <laughs> Team connection. I mean, everyone is grappling with the same things. Um, but for Muslim, from our experience with this, the, the, the couple of big things were around just being grounded to some core principles. So when we designed this working model, what are we trying to achieve? What do we want our employee experience to be? And what do we need to enable that? They were some kind of core fundamental principles that we started this conversation with originally. And so we haven't deviated from those. So one of our core principles is around fairness and equity. You know, and this model is based on those principles. It's based on truly creating a level playing field for employees. So breaking down those kind of geographical and, and location kind of um, proximity biases that might have existed in a more traditional working model where there was ceilings on career growth. For example, I'm, you know, based in Ireland away from the, the headquarters. And so, you know, at some point there may have limitations to career opportunities. So I think the model itself opens up a lot of a lot of, of that and that was really core to creating a culture of in- inclusion so those those core principles i think um were fundamental um i think I've, I've said that already but it really was around leading with a growth mindset and asking our employees to embrace that learning with us so you know uh, having a culture of Uh, embracing failure is really important so not you know being open to that creating the psych safety for employees to kind of trying things um you know being able to call it when things aren't working shift uh, and approach and move on i think has been has been key to us but just been very transparent and open and honest about about that um and setting that expectation with employees i think has been key for us um, and then I think the final one is really understanding kind of the changing role that the manager plays. Um, so, you know, I think the manager role has shifted in a virtual first world, particularly, I think, when we were in a very restrictive environment with, you know, through the pandemic. But even even beyond that, I think, you know, we now need our managers and leaders in the organization to lead by example, to adopt, you know, the new practices and, and shift mindsets. So we're not, you know focused on presenteeism and visibility and you know that you know the the old assessment of how productive somebody was well they're the first person in and they're the last person home they turn the lights off I mean really shifting those outdated mindsets around what productivity looks like have been key and educating managers around that that you know it's not actually about they're not the things that we're looking for we're looking for a shift in how you measure output and impact and results versus uh, versus them. So I think from a cultural perspective, establishing that kind of clear, open transparency around where we're at, what we're trying to to move towards has been has been key in embracing the change. I would still say that we're still on that learning journey, uh, and um, and can, will continue to evolve as we go. Yeah, definitely. This is kind of the last question. It's about, um, well, I know that your strategy for hiring is is uh, you're taking advantage, like many companies are, of being able yeah. to kind of recruit from everywhere and hire from anywhere, which is an incredibly freeing outlook, outlook and ethos to uh, kind of take on board so you can get literally the best talent from, from all over. How's that going? And also, are, are you seeing, are you recruiting for positions and job descriptions that we've kind of never seen before, the idea of like a head of remote or these kinds of things as well yeah um 
I'll, I'll take the second part first. I actually said to my husband last night, he said to me, what do you think Anna will do? She's our seven-year-old daughter. And I said, I can guarantee you whatever Anna's going to do, we haven't created, that role hasn't been created yet. So are we seeing, yeah, we're seeing new roles in the organization. We're seeing like a head of virtual first. We're seeing more emphasis placed on employee experience um, than we've had. We've talked about the employee experience, but now it's completely transformed. It means something different. Um, and, and we have to reimagine that we're talking about kind of new roles um, and really investing in cultural change within the organization. We've always had communications teams, internal comms teams, and but you know now the emphasis on those is 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 different and the priorities are different and they're more um, critical than ever before because you know again another thing is that employees need very, very clear communication. Uh, and they need access to the information so that they can allow kind of agility within the organization. So, yes, we are seeing uh, not wildly new roles, but we are seeing a, a shift in focus and priorities from a hiring perspective internally. Um, to, uh, and really, it's about understanding what are the enablers to this strategy being successful um, and how do we put the adequate resources behind it? I think the, the, the first part of your question, yes, we are um, definitely taking advantage of wider talent pools. The ability to be able to uh, recruit from the whole world as opposed to 17 cities has been a remarkable shift and change. And it's brought a lot of diverse um, candidates uh, with diverse backgrounds. Like we started to shift away from um, those really kind of uh, the tech hubs, like which most kind of tech organizations were were recruiting in. Um, and it's been a wonderful experience. We're, we're definitely distributed, far more distributed across across the globe now. Um, and I think I don't, don't I don't have the exact number, but I know that like we're the applications that we're getting is like 10x what we've seen in, in the past. Now, our biggest challenge is trying to actually uh, take that top of funnel and kind of make sure that, you know, understand exactly. Um, how our filtering and how that's going. So it's um, it's been uh, a new challenge, but an interesting one. Yeah, that's the next challenge, isn't it? Trying to sift through all these many more, you know, exponentially yeah. greater applica- number of applications, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and our TA team are constantly kind of reevaluating. I mean, we have invested in 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 that team um, because that they're trying to understand, you know. Um, what technology can help to to filter out and and uh, do the the adequate screening? Uh, Laura, thanks so much for the update. We uh, we talked to you about a year ago, I think. Um, Ali, my colleague, did about virtual first. So it's nice to kind of bring it a year on and, and see how it's going. Yeah. And seems like it's going great. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wonderful year. I think, as I said, once we were able to get studios back up and running, we've been able to fully embrace the model as it was intended and designed. And so continuing to learn and iterate as we go and and um yeah what we're um delighted with the results that we've seen so far thanks john good stuff well i'll speak to you in another year and we'll see how it's going <laughs> yeah absolutely we'll be delighted to